You're listening to a sermon of Meadowbrook Church in Ocala, Florida. For more media resources, visit us online at www.nbcocala.com. We're going to wrap up our series this morning on uh, in training. And uh, I had another series I was beginning to work on. It actually uh, had spent some time over the last couple of weeks. And then earlier this week, I just really felt uh, the Lord kind of emphasizing something to me to, to direct me. And then, um, I prayed about it. I talked to a few people about it and really feel peace about doing this. Okay. I'm careful to do this, but I'm actually going to bring back in next week for about the next five, six weeks. Then I'm actually going to bring back and update and redo tough times. Don't last. Okay. So we're going to come back and look at that. We need, we need to be reminded of what all that is. Now, we'll start teaching it next week, and, but you need to understand this. There will always be tough times. They come and they go. They overlap, and sometimes you have little zones where there's nothing going on. But it's what do we do about that? How do we navigate through that? Um, and the, the Word of God just clearly has the tools and the weapons for that. And so uh, I just really, I know, I know we've emphasized that. We've put out a book on it. We've done a number of things. So... Um, I just really felt impressed and directed of the Lord to come back. So we're going to, we're, uh, we'll start that next week. So make sure you're here. Don't let tough times keep you from, from getting here. Okay. And, uh, we'll, we'll dive into that. I'm very excited about it. It's one of those things that once you, you, yeah, you make the decision. It's like this energy and excitement just kind of goes along with that. So it's going to be good stuff. All right. Well, I've worked hard and I prayed and prepared my heart and uh, we're going to have an a awesome morning this morning. But one thing that would really help me is for you to act like you like, like being here or something like that. You know, you just kind of kind of show that somehow. Don't bring, don't bring balloons or anything, but, you know, just kind of indicate here. All right. Um, I'm going to review one last time here. Actually, I might just next week review just to do it, you know. But uh, let's talk about something here just for a moment, and then we're going, into get, going to get into one other spiritual discipline, and then I'm going to kind of put a cap on this uh, thing on in training. Um, trying. We've been trying. Um, my whole, quote, church history, you know, I, I got born again when I was in sixth grade. Um, God did a, a very neat thing for our family, and... and uh, you know, that was, that was good. But from the get-go, honestly, and had wonderful people along, you know, through my life uh, in ministry that have mentored and taught or pastored me or whatever. But I've got to be honest that a lot of my takeaway from all of that time left me trying to be a Christian, left me trying to do things. Because the, the major thrust of most of what I learned, and maybe I took it wrong, but I talked to too many people that... I think that's their story as well, is that we're, everybody made sure we knew what we were supposed to do. You're supposed to do this. You better do this. Why aren't you doing that? And you know what that leaves us doing? Well, I, I tried. I'm, I'm trying. And then when we only know what we're supposed to do and we don't know entirely how to do it, the very best we can do is just try harder. And you can only try harder so long and then you, you just kind of get disillusioned. Anybody here? You can get tired. You can get cynical of your own efforts at times. So what is better than trying, and you should always try, 
But what is better and what makes this work is training. And training then tells us not just what to do, but how to do it. And walks us through these things. Key word with training is, starts with a C. Consistency. Say it again. Consistency. That's the difference. That's really the difference. To know what to do, to put the effort into it, and consistently to do it. And as you and I consistently do these things. Now, don't get, don't get thrown off by the word do. Because you need to read the Bible. Some people get thrown off. Oh, so we got to do things. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. But... <laughs> You have to understand that's the way it's set up. God said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. He, he wants us to, to interact with him. He wants us to want him. He could have made us robots. Praise the Lord. Here's my tithe. Can I serve you? Praise the Lord. You know. Ah, oh, gross. But he didn't make robots. He left us with a free will. Paul said, I'm, I choose to be a slave of the Lord Jesus. You know, we choose to follow him because of his goodness to us. Amen. But training involves consistency and that consistency is applied to what we call spiritual disciplines. I'm going to read the list real quick of the disciplines we've covered. There are more, but I felt to emphasize these study, the study of God's word which includes also reading and listening, learning, uh, prayer. We spent a number of weeks on prayer, uh, a study as well. We even rolled that over into our Wednesday night series on how to study the Bible. Uh, solitude. Remember that solitude is full of God. Fellowship, serving, words. We spent several weeks on words. Stewardship, work, rest. And then today I'm going to move to one other one here in a moment. But what happens is as you and I, we're trying, but we're in training, consistently applying these disciplines in our life, then it will produce a greater level of help me on this. Happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And this is not the goal, but this is what happens. This is the results that happens along this journey. And then that will enable us to what? to be a blessing and when we are being a blessing that fulfills the big deal which is what we will glorify god i pray that you i pray that you never forget this okay i pray you never forget this get this on the inside uh, my daughter greta she's 15 she is she is sharp as they come and she's got incredible wit but she's just very bright too and we were talking about something yesterday morning and and she just said oh i know because i'm not just trying I'm training, consistently training in all the spiritual disciplines. And they're making me more happy, more stable, more fruitful, and more blessed. So that I can be a blessing. So I can fulfill my greatest purpose, which is to glorify God. And I mean, just zoom. And you know what? And she wasn't mocking it. She was just making sure dad knew. But you know what? That'll be in her forever. And I pray it's not just sing song for us. I pray that it's real deal for us and that we'll apply this in our lives. Amen. Well, I want to move on to one this morning as we uh, prepare to finish this up that, uh, well, you're not going to like it. <clears throat> Authority. Authority. Everybody go ahead and say it. Authority. It's a very important subject and it can make such a difference in our life. We've got to get a good understanding of this because our culture has really flipped this one. Okay. Okay. 
And when you don't have uh, authority in the right place, now, lest you get all tense, anything can be abused. And authority has been abused, and that's why there's a lot of reactions to it and avoidance of it. Anything can be abused. I mean, you know, you, you, you could abuse chocolate. How many of you have ever abused chocolate? Now, my stepdad's sitting here. I got to make a confession to him. We used to, every Saturday night, my mom would make pizza. He would make homemade ice cream. And we always had the can of Hershey syrup. Remember, remember the can? Now it's in a plastic bottle. What's that? But um, had the can and you had to do that on each side. And then it had the, the cover that would snap back on. Remember that? And that was for the ice cream on Saturday night. But I have to admit to you that several times during the week, I'd get a good swig of that stuff. I'll buy you a new can, all right? (laughs) But my point, anything could be abused, okay? Well, we have to have a proper godly biblical understanding here of authority. It all starts very early. And let's look at some scriptures that have to do with with child rearing even. Children. How many of you were once a children? Okay. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Then in Ephesians chapter 6, the first three verses, this will be in the amplified version. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Catch this phrase, as his representatives. As his representatives, that's key, so watch that. For this is just and right. Honor, esteem, and value as precious your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. That or so that it may all may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. How many of you want things to be well with you? How many of you want to live long on the earth? There have been times in my child rearing career, I have five kids, that I've actually asked them. Do you want to live long on the earth? <clears throat> Just quoting scripture, that's all. But the things would be well with us, that well, that word well, you also find it in um, 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, same word there, and be in health even as your soul prospers. Well, there is the Greek word euhodos, and it means to have a good journey. So what we want is to impart and implant something in our children that they would learn something so that their journey would go well and that they would live long on the earth. And it's tied to, and this is, this is interesting here, children obey your parents. First commandment, but it has the promise. And the promise is that you would have a good journey. Things, all things would go well with you and that you'd live a long life. Um, but notice, obey your, uh, your parents in the Lord as his representatives, as his representatives. And what parents have the, the duty, the responsibility, even the privilege to do is to represent the Lord in this teaching process of teaching them God's system of authority. And that's why parents, we've got to do it right. Scripture also tells you, you know, don't do this in anger and don't break their spirit. And there's a, there's a number of, uh, scriptures that talk about making sure that we do this right but ultimately done right what it will produce in our children is they'll learn god's system and that we represent 
him in doing this. And they're learning to honor and obey the parent so that ultimately they can honor and obey who? God. And that's what's really going to make life work for you is that you honor and obey God. Proverbs 22, 6 in the New Living, it says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. The Message Bible says, point your kids in the right direction. When they're old, they won't be lost. It's the last thing in the world I want. It's for my children to be in the wrong direction and lost. And understand this, that if we'll, if we'll do this, if we'll teach that, if we'll model that, it will get in them. And you'd say, well, I tried to do that. And my children are not on path. I'm, I promise you this, though. The right path is in them. I said the right path is in them. This is a big thought to me lately, too. How many of you turned on a dime? You were headed the wrong way and you, you did the, the heavenly U-turn, you know, the big U-E, and turned around. Don't, don't ever give up, okay? Don't ever give up. Keep, keep praying for them. The Holy Spirit knows exactly where they are. He knows what's in them. And you, you may be saying, well, I didn't do it all right. You know what? God's able to do summer school. He, he's able, he's able to, to break line and get in there and do what needs to be done. So just a little side note there. A, chil, a, a child, I almost said a children. <clears throat> a child must learn to honor and obey his parents. And a child must learn to honor and obey authority. Or he will have, a, he will have trouble and a difficult time learning to honor and obey God. There's a principle that we draw out of 1 John chapter 4 that it says this. If you... If you if you don't, if you can't love people that you do see, then how can you say that you love God that you can't see? So taking that same principle then, if you, if you can't obey those you can see, you won't obey God that you cannot see. And God has, whether you like it or not, whether I like it or not, God has set up a system of authority and he puts people in those places so that should relieve us because oh that's why it's flawed because god's using people okay and then anyone who's in authority is in authority is going to be held to a to a higher judgment for that so uh need to pay attention to that but if we can't obey those that you can see you you won't obey god that you can't see and a matter of fact if we're not obeying those that we can see you're not obeying god that you cannot see in romans chapter 13 first uh the first seven verses here it says everyone say everyone everyone must submit to governing authorities for all watch this for all authority comes from god and those impositions of authority have been placed there by god even the ones you don't like So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Folks, this is some of the hard part of scripture, okay? But we have to take this. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities are God's servants sent for your good. But if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid for they have the power to punish you. They're God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do wrong. 
So you must submit to them, not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. Pay your taxes too, for the same reason. For government workers need to be paid. They're serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them. Give respect and honor to those who are in authority. I'm not even going to ask for an amen, but you know it's in the Bible. All right. When we resist authority, we resist God. When we resist authority, we resist God. Now, let me sort this out for you a little bit. And there's another word that goes with authority, and it is the word submission. So everybody say submission. And we don't like that word either, but we have to talk about these things, okay? I have a job I have to do. I'm on assignment. So we have to submit to authority, but here's where it breaks down. Submission is different from agreement. Okay? Submission takes up where agreement stops if authority is bona fide authority. So let's go back to grade school for a moment. And I can remember clearly in second grade, my teacher saying, Timmy, it is your day to go down to the cafeteria and bring back our lunch break. How many of you remember having a uh, milk break rather? How many of you remember milk break in school? Okay. It was last century. It's something they did. Okay. The only problem I had with milk break is by the time it got to us, it was not cold, cold. I like milk cold, cold. And I really like milk with some Hershey syrup in it. <laughs> but um, guess what I'm going to do this afternoon. <laughs> so, But um, the teacher, the authority, told me to go get it. I wanted to. Get it out of the class. Wander around. Look at stuff. People. Get to do a cool thing. Bring it back. You know, I can remember a time saying, why did it take you so long? Don't know. But anyway, I agreed with the teacher to go do that. Well, probably even on the same day, the teacher said, Timmy, I've had enough of this. So this afternoon you're staying after class and you're going to beat out the erasers. Okay. Okay. I know that's very old school. I'm really dating myself because now we have electronic mimeo boards at our school, even, you know, crazy. But uh, I didn't want to do that. There was no fun in that. Go with me. I did not agree. But guess what I had to do? Submit. All right, let's bring it modern day. There's a road that I travel uh, every time I come here. Most times I travel anywhere. There's a road that I have to travel on. That I don't agree with the speed limit. It's 40. It's got four lanes. It's wide open. 40. Give me a break. 40. I don't agree. Y'all with me? But what do I do? I submit. Which equals 40. Okay. I submit. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So I can't just, you know, on my own. I don't agree. I think this should be at least 50. I'm going 50. And then the authorities pull me over and say, this is 40. Not for me. Because I don't agree. Hershey's. Okay. All right. I don't agree. Well, guess what? 
then I get punished. Do you see how this works? And so it works all over the place. An umpire, a referee makes a call. You know, they're, oh, I don't agree with the call. Well, guess what? That's what's going on, on the scoreboard. That's what's going on in the book. That's going to be the end. Well, I don't agree. But at some point, we just have to submit to the authorities that are there. And guess what? We kind of have a little character shaping that goes along as we learn to submit and not just try to live our life only doing what we agree with. And it's an important thing, and it's a spiritual discipline that needs to be worked out in our life. Listen, folks, orders bring order. Orders bring order, and order brings liberty. When you leave here today, you're, you're going to have all kinds of orders. There's going to be traffic signals and stop signs and, and a sheriff's deputy. But you know what that's all for? Order. And order brings liberty and it brings safety. And so what we have to do is realize that all authority is from God. And I'm not over-spiritualizing this. But when the deputy holds up his hand to stop... Where did he get the authority to do that? Well, he got it from the sheriff, and the sheriff got it from the county, and the county. Well, follow it all the way up. And ultimately, all authority comes from, it comes from God. So if you resist that, ultimately, you're resisting God. And even if delegated authority, do you know what that is? That means somebody gave them the authority. And then functional authority, it means because of the role that they're doing, the thing they're, they're fulfilling, there's authority that goes with that. Even somebody who's a, a parker, a church volunteer, who's a parker, and they're out there and they're, they're directing and they direct you to a spot. Follow me on this because this, this might hit home with a few of you here. <laughs> and they say, I want you to park right here. Why are they saying that? For order, for liberty, for safety. And then somebody goes, no, I always like parking over there. I'm, not, I'm going over here. You'd say, that would never happen at Meadowbrook. Oh, yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, it does. We've had parkers get bumped before by people. Yeah. You know, it's just, that's nuts. Y'all hear me? Now, not recently, because now we've, we've got... Machine guns on tripods out there, but uh, they're in the bushes. Don't worry about them. No, I'm, I'm teasing, teasing. Do you, do you get my point? A, li- a librarian tells you, shh. You know, it's just all over the place that there would be authority. You know, please don't run in here. You know, I remember my son got those Heelys. Do you know those shoes, those Heelys? They got little wheels in them, you know, and. I remember being in a, in a store and he's just buzzing around. He's standing next to me and this lady comes up, excuse me, and said, you, you, you can't do that in here. And I just watched him just, oh, you know, just get sad and everything. He wasn't doing anything wrong. He wasn't hurting anything. But he looked at me and I said, you need to do what, what she said. And he, he was wanting to know without saying this, why? And it's so that he doesn't get hurt there. And their store liability. And somebody along the way said, let's don't allow that in here. You with me? So authority, submission to authority. It does us good. Even Jesus has delegated authority. He, God made him Jesus head over all things to the church. So you have to respond to this. All authority comes from, and we've got authority everywhere, folks. 
There's authority in our families. There's authority in society and even in church and civil and nature uh, all over the place. There will be authority. And it's a spiritual discipline because sometimes it's a little hard to do. But I'll tell you what, though, just realize that if I will respond right to authority, if I will respond right to authority, I'm responding right to God. And things will go well with me. And I'll live a long life. You with me? All right. I want to just kind of cap this whole thing off here. The result of all of our training, and I'll go back to this. The result of all of our training is transformation. The best we can do with trying is some change. But really what we're after is transformation in our life. And you need to understand this. Only God, say only God. Only God can work real and lasting transformation in us. Only God. Spiritual disciplines really are not what causes that to happen. Let me rephrase that. I'm not transformed by the spiritual disciplines. I'm not transformed because I prayed, because I studied, because I did this, did that, did that. No, what those do, those put me in a position where God does the change. This is not a works thing that my works transformed my life. Only God can bring real and trans real and lasting transformation in our lives. But we have to participate. We have to cooperate with God. The spiritual disciplines allow us to consistently place ourselves in a place, in a heart, in an attitude where God can come and work that change in our life. That's what this is about. The Bible talks about you can sow to the flesh and will of the flesh reap corruption, but you can sow to the spirit and will of the spirit reap everlasting life. I want you to imagine a farmer. Let's use the sowing terms here. A farmer and realize that a farmer actually is absolutely powerless to grow grain. They say, what? No, the farmer himself is powerless to grow grain. But what he does do is he participates he cooperates with some things. And so he goes and goes out to the land and clears the land and plows the land and cultivates the land and plants some seed and he waters and he fertilizes and he watches over. He does whatever is necessary. He weeds, he, he does things that are necessary, but he is powerless to cause the grain to grow. There's a power, there's a force of nature, the laws of God that now go to work. And suddenly the grain starts to come up. It's a work of God, but it's us participating with God. Understand that 40 acres of corn only appears where one has cooperated and participated with God. You don't just find, wow, look at that corn and neat rows and this and that, you know. Look what God did. Well, yeah, God did it, but that only happens where somebody participates with God. And in the life of a person, wow, look at that person that's happy, stable, fruitful, and blessed. And they're a real blessing. But guess what? That happened only because somebody participates and cooperates with God. Ultimately, it's God who does the work. Now, I want to show you real quick some pictures here of a mountain ridge. If you can put that up for me here. And I want you to just... Think of this as your journey through life here. And you've got this ridge up on the top here. And that's really where we need to walk. If you, if you come off on this side, and let's just say that that side, what this is, is, is the road in the ditches illustration on steroids. Okay, this is huge here. Okay. To go off on the one side 
and try to travel that way is what they call moralism. It's human striving. It's keeping the law. It's doing all the works. It's doing all these things so somehow I can be transformed. So somehow I could be a blessing. So somehow all of this would be fruit in my life that, that I've got to do it. I've got to do it. I've got to work hard. And you know what you end up doing? Trying, 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 trying. And guess what? That just ends in moral bankruptcy. This is, this is a treacherous path, not where you want to be. And then on the other side of the ridge, same, same situation, but this is the absence of striving. Now here's a big word for you, antinomianism. Anti meaning no or against. The Greek word nomos means law. It means there's no law. It's just all grace, just all grace. Don't have to do anything. Just God's good and I don't have to try. I, you know, got to work it out kind of thing. And that's error concerning grace. You hear me? That's error concerning grace. Grace is not opposed to effort. Grace is opposed to earning. And we have to show up and we have to participate and we have to cooperate. And this path, if you could go to that next slide there. The path though, we just need to stay on that path. And let me tell you about the path. Sometimes it's going to be really hard. My wife likes to hike. I don't. And every summer we go on vacation up in the mountains, you know, and she goes, let's go hiking today. I go, no, zip line. Let's go hiking. So, all right, here we go. And I'll go and I'll have fun. But you know what? Part of the reason, and I always enjoy it once I go. But part of the reason you don't enjoy it is because it's hard sometimes. You know, it's like, I need a snack. Just say, find some berries or whatever. But things about this path, sometimes it's difficult. But here's the other thing. You're going to see sights of beauty that you would not see had you not gotten there. And there's going to be great joy, great reward. When you finish, guess what? And I'm this way. When I finish, we come back. I'm a hiker. Hiked all day. Don't want to go again. but yeah, but, But we've got to stay on this path here. We've got to stay on this path. But it's not just the path that does it. It's by being on the path that takes you to the place. It puts you in the position. That that's where the blessing, that's where the healing, that's where the wholeness, that's where God can begin to work in your life. But you don't just show up there. You stay there. Get on that path. Walk that path. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. And I'm telling you, God will work this work of transformation in our lives. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed, be transformed. That word transformed uh, in the Greek is the same word that we get the word metamorphosis. The best illustration of metamorphosis is found in nature. It's the caterpillar becoming the butterfly. Could you put up, I'm sorry, I got more pictures for you today. I was picture happy. Okay. This is right here is what they call chrysalis. I I remember learning that probably the same day I got milk for milk break. But um, the caterpillar here, and this is kind of gross. I know to tell you this this morning, but he's mostly just an intestine for real. And that's why it can grow so fast because he's just eating and digesting and just growing all the time. But it gets to a place where he begins to spin or she uh, begins to spin this liquid and then it 
as it hardens or dries, it becomes silk. And he wraps himself in this. What is he doing? This would be one of his spiritual disciplines. And he does all of this and then he ends up on the inside here and metamorphosis takes place here. They literally liquefy and change and break down from one form into another form. And then go to the next one if you would here. And then it's equipped now to begin to cut its way out of this thing. It has to work. Spiritual disciplines. It's doing all of this. Finally, it's got to get its wings out. It's got to stretch them out. It's got to let them dry out. And then I actually read this the other day. And then it has to get blood into its wings. It actually has butterfly butterfly blood. You know, get it out into its wings. And then it's after a little ways, then it's ready to just fly. But how did this crawling intestine suddenly become this thing of beauty? Metamorphosis. But guess what? It happened because God somehow instinctively put within this little insect to do certain things. And as you do certain things, you put yourself in the position that God, then the creator can come and do this change that could not happen otherwise. But we need to know that the change, the transformation comes from our creator. It comes from God, but we have to cooperate. We have to participate with this and we will be forever changed. Amen. Don't forget. Don't forget that the Holy spirit is your trainer. And he's with you always. Let me just finish with this. First Timothy chapter four, verse seven and eight. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives tales. Instead, read this with me. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Watch this promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. And as you and I We'll train, applying the spiritual disciplines in our life. Something's going to happen on this path, on that ridge, that we're going to be transformed, where we're going to be more happy and more stable and more fruitful and more blessed, so that we're going to be able to be a blessing, which fulfills the whole reason that we're even here anyway, and that is to glorify God. And that, Meadowbrook family, is why we are in training. Did you get anything at all out of this? Thank you, Lord.